everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's October. It's October 7th. It's 2021. We're here to talk week five NFL. Joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? Uh, not too much. Just ready for another beautiful week of football. So close. So close to a monster takedown this past week. Uh, we talked about Patterson on the podcast last week, and... We, we said it, Grant. We said we're not going to feel great about playing him, but it was a really good spot, and we had to at least respect the touches that he was getting. And, uh, hey, it kind of worked out. Yeah, I had a few shares of him over on Superdraft where it was like a 1.9 multiplier. Problem well, is, I, the rest of my lineup was trash. <laughs> I, forgot all to, those. I forgot to text you about my Superdraft lineup. So I made a Superdraft lineup Sunday morning. Uh, just because it looked like there was going to be overlay. I only played one team over there this past week, and I was actually close to taking it down. I finished 38th with a single bullet. Um, I had Sam Darnold, Harris, Patterson, DJ Moore, McLaurin, McLaren, Fant, and Cooper Cup and CD Lamb combined for 12 fantasy points, and I finished 38th. Um, I, had a, I had a lot of those. Like I was way over the field on De- Darnold, way over the field on McLaurin. Over the field to Patterson, over the field on uh, more like, and just nothing. No, every single one had just the biggest goose egg in there that you really couldn't have it happen with a lot of running backs going off. Yeah, it was so close. Um, I mean, CD Lamb and Cooper Cup combining for 12, and my team putting up 252 when the winner had 283 is just like, I mean, anything from those guys, and I'm right there. Um, so yeah, anyway, let's get into this week, week five. Um, we were wrong about some things last week too. I don't want to just say that we were right about everything. We were wrong. We're wrong about some things every week. Everyone's wrong about some things every week. I I just wanted to like throw that out there. Like I played a lot of Cooper cup. He, he stunk. Um, I had a couple other guys that I can't remember off the top of my head that I had a bunch of that. I mean, just, it didn't work out. I mean, it's, it's like that every week. I just, I talked about the Cordell Patterson thing because I was really close to taking down a FanDuel tournament um, with Patterson at super low ownership. And and oh, even over there, like we talked about like DeAndre Hopkins last week and I had a DeAndre Hopkins-Higby combo as like to finish out that tournament and finish like 13 p- points off the lead. Um, so like if those guys do anything, it's just it was just one of those weeks, man. I finished fifth in that tournament. Could have been a lot more money had like those guys done anything. So I mean, just saying. I uh, just wanted to like point it out there. I don't feel like I'm perfect by any means. Um, we start this week with the Patriots and the Texans. Thirty-nine and a half total here. New England is an eight and a half point favorite. Uh, this game, obviously, one of the lowest totals on the slate. We got the Broncos and the Steelers that we'll talk about. That also has a thirty-nine and a half total. Um, let's get started here with the Patriots side of things. Anything standing out to you here for New England? Harris, like that's 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 kind of he's in there at five point five k. Yes, his snap count has been kind of all over the place. He was at sixty two percent in the last week, um, but considering that was going up against Tampa Bay, like look, looking at his game log, I, I think people are just going to be off him. He got negative four yards and four rushing attempts last week versus Tampa Bay. No one rushes on Tampa Bay. You don't rush on Tampa Bay. This is a similar number to everyone that goes up against him. Saints, obviously, a game where like it's going up against a tough defense. Hasn't had a ton of rushing attempts. So you look at week one, week two, 23 and 16 rushing attempts. I think that he's a guy that's definitely interesting in tournaments, probably going to come in 
decently low owned. Still might get into double digit, but I don't think he's going to be high enough owned. He's going up against Houston. Houston is just a bad, bad rush D. And Mills is so terrible that they're probably going to have time of possession through the roof like the Bills did last week. This is just a spot where I think, based on his potential volume, he could end up with a pretty big outing here. So he's the guy I like. If you want to go with Jacoby Myers, that's fine. I'm not. If you want to go with Hunter Henry or Jonu Smith, that's fine. I'm not. Harris is the only real guy for me. I mean, in games where I feel like New England's going to be playing from behind, I'll play Myers. But I feel like this is going to be a low-scoring game. New England's defense is looking really good in this spot. I like the combo of Harris and the New England defense. I think Harris touches the ball 20 times in this game. I think New England does well. Um, no James White. So, like, Brandon Bolden is interesting in games that they're going to be trailing. So, I'm projecting this game script as New England's up, Harris looks good, and the defense looks good. And, I mean, if I had to pick a team to score a defensive touchdown this week, it'd probably be New England. Um, like, we're going to talk about that in the morning grind game, but I feel like this is the defense this week if you're – if you're looking for a really strong defense on the Houston side of things, I mean, I feel like you can always take shots on cooks, especially if they're going to be playing from behind, but outside of him, like this offense stinks. Yeah. His target yeah. share is just too high not to have interest in him. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely an interesting spot here. I mean, like, sorry, I for some reason got signed out of zoom. So then you fix something after this, um, but cooks, I feel like, we're talking about Houston, right? Sorry, I got I got tilted there for a second. You're good, buddy. Um, I feel like Cooks is the only real option. I mean, New England, a lot worse versus the run than versus the pass, but really don't care about that too much. Like, game script is going to cause them to throw the ball. Like, you can talk about how bad Cooks was last week. Mills threw the ball 21 times. Cooks got seven targets. That's a 33% target share. Like this is this is just a spot where I think if you're gonna bring it back or you want to pair up Harris with anyone, it's gonna be Braden Cooks. And that's really it. Like I can't trust this running game. All New England's a bad run defense and anything can happen. Like I don't know who to trust anymore. Ingram obviously had a ton of ton of work the first few weeks and then just came back down to earth grand game script. Um, so I it's cooks with me. All right, moving on. We got Miami at Tampa, 48 total in this game. Tampa is a 10-point favorite. Um, anything standing out to you here on the Miami side of things? I mean, not really. Like, maybe Parker. I could get Tampa Bay as a pass funnel. Brissett's probably going to be chucking the ball a little bit. But I just don't see a huge amount of upside with him. Like, he's just – not getting many yards per attempt, not a huge A dot. Like, even a good matchup, yeah, he can throw the ball 40 times here. But if he throws the ball 40 times, like, what is he going to do? He's done that twice this season and ended up with not many points. I don't know. Like, I guess, yeah, GPP shot on him and maybe Parker, but I, I, I don't really have any plans to play any Miami players. I mean, yeah, this is a really tough spot for the Dolphins. Um, I mean, I have slight interest in Parker and Waddle and maybe even Gasecki. Gasecki's 4.2K. Um, and Tampa is giving up the third most fantasy points to tight ends. And obviously they played way better tight ends and offenses in general. But I think they're gonna be Miami's gonna be trailing in this game. I want nothing to do with the running back situation. 
with Will Fuller out, um, I think Parker and Waddle and Gasecki are going to be like the majority of the targets here. So just taking some shots on them. I think the Dolphins score probably a few times in this game, at least twice in this game. So, um, I mean, I definitely don't mind. Like the prices are good. Parker's 5.4, Waddle's 4.8, and Gasecki's 4.2. So I'll have some mixed exposure because, I mean, I'm going to want some exposure to Tampa. Miami's defense stinks. Um, so I might even play Leonard Fournette this week. Is that crazy? Like, am I crazy for wanting to play Fournette? No, you are not crazy. Like, it is a ridiculous thing to do on almost any given week. I keep doing it. But, um, like, yeah, it's just a spot where I think that they're probably going to run the ball a decent amount here. Like, Miami is a below-average run defense. Fournette seems to be the guy. Like, yes, he could be in a split workload. But guess what? That's every single running back in the NFL pretty much. Got 20 rushes last week. He can break off a big run at any given time. He's heavily involved in the receiving game. Like, he's the, the guy. Team. Like, they showed last week against New England. Like, Fournette's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only problem is he could be potentially highly owned. But I mean, tw- like, game script just lends itself to him getting just tons of carries outside of that. Like, the tough game, the pass game is just kind of tough to go with. I mean, the huge applied total. This is a spot where I think you can go Brady, Brown, Godwin, Evans, and not do any bringbacks. I mean, if you want to, you can obviously do Waddle. Um, but like trying to figure out where this is, where this pass game work is going to go, I'd rather lo- rely on Fournette than any of these pass catchers or Brady. Yeah, I mean for sure. Um, I hate the idea of take like trying to figure out which wide receiver it is every week but i mean antonio brown's price is nice um chris godwin's coming off a really bad game so i mean i definitely think that like they try to get him more involved in this game mike evans looked fantastic last week um with no gronk so i like fournette the most but i mean the patriot or the the buccaneers sorry i'm so used to tom brady being on the patriots i still yes, we all are um, I mean, Tampa has a 29 point implied team total here. They're going to score on Miami. They're going to score on Miami a lot. So I definitely want some exposure to this offense. What's crazy is like outside of Gasecki, no one's projected for ownership on Miami. So if you're playing some Tampa guys, run it back. Nobody's going to be running this spot back. Yeah. I mean, I guess ownership is projected for solo and Wild and Parker aren't expensive. Like, yeah. I mean, even if, if they do throw the ball. Bad, yeah, if they do throw the ball 40 times, I mean, we could see something similar to against the Raiders where Waddle ended up with 58 yards, yet 17.8 fantasy points. Like, he gets into the end zone there. Huge game. Like, just based off of receptions, you talk me onto it. You're, that's why you're, you're a smart gay. I mean, it's just correlation, right? Like, Waddle and Parker projected for 1% ownership. Gasecki's at 9%. And we're looking at Brown at 18%, Godwin at 18%, Fournette at 19%. Like, nobody's running this game back. So, like, I mean, if I'm going to play the Bucks, like, I'm going to run this game back. Um, I mean, if Fournette's going to be 20% owned and I run it back with a, a 1% owned Waddle, like, sign me up. I think that ownership goes up, too. Like, we record on Thursday. I do think, like, Miami, I think these guys get close to five, but I don't see these guys getting, like, 15% ownership for what it's worth. Yeah. All right, we got the Eagles and the Panthers, 45 total in this game. Carolina is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, we'll start with the Eagles. Um, what do we like here for Philly? 
I mean, Hurts just gives you such a big floor. I know that Carolina's been one of the better defenses in the league. They've been one of the best pass defenses in the league. But they're not unbeatable, and Jalen Hurts can get it done on the ground. He's put up over 35 rushing yards in every single one of his matchups so far this year. He just gives you such a high floor, and I think like his ceiling is there no matter the outing. So Jalen Hurts is really the guy. I don't know if I'm going to go bother with either of these running backs here. It's just real simple. Like I don't know who's going to get that much work. Gainwell's taking a lot away from Sanders. I just can't trust him. Wide receivers, tight ends, like – pair him with anyone or run hurts naked like smith Rhaegar, both of them can end up with a pretty decent outing like Ertz, goddard like Ertz for some reason seems like he's getting a ton of work and seems like he's back to his old self i mean he's not going to get a huge amount of receiving yards at any given time but he, touchdowns there he's being targeted in the red zone He's a guy that can go off for a decent game, and he's 3.4K over on DraftKings. He's gotten five red zone targets so far this season. So I, I don't mind, like, if you want to make it cheap and just games, like do a double game stack, bring up some guys from another game and do some correlation there, like Ertz and Hertz together. It's not the worst idea in the world, but Hertz is the, the guy that I really like in this side of the game. Yeah, I mean, Miles Sanders had three – really good matchups to start the season. So um, three of his four have been really good. San Francisco is a tough matchup, but I mean, I'm, I'm a little worried about Miles Sanders. I'm not going to lie. Um, I mean, I went back to the well with him against Kansas city last week thinking like, there's no way that he doesn't crush in this game. And I mean, played his normal amount of snaps, ran 30 routes and just didn't do anything. So uh, I'm struggling with this offense with Miles Sanders right now. And, I mean, he's facing a tough defense, so he probably goes crazy this week because nobody's going to play him. But, I mean, I probably will have a few teams with him just because I've been playing him all year and I'm not going to stop now. But, I mean, the guys you, I think you want are Smith, Goddard, and Ertz um, with Hertz in this game. Um, I know it's a tough defensive matchup, but Jalen Hurts, his ceiling is so high. Um, we saw him throw the ball 48 times last week in a close game. So, I mean, that's what we want to see. Carolina Panthers side of things. Um, I don't think we officially have a word on Christian McCaffrey yet, right? I know no, that he, he practiced on Wednesday and they all said that he looked really good. Um, so, I mean, there's a good chance he plays this week, which, I mean, I think is way ahead of schedule for Christian McCaffrey's timeline, but I think there's a potential that they'd be careful with him too. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Panthers with or without McCaffrey? I think Darnold, uh, the rushing touchdowns leader, Sam Darnold, um, he's a great player. He's projected at low ownership. Philly's not very good defense. I mean, currently they're ranked near the bottom of the league. Not great versus the pass or the run. Sam Darnold can get it done with his feet. I love pairing him with DJ Moore. DJ Moore may be highly owned, but the dude has 12, 12, and 11 targets over the last three games. Just getting tons of yards, target in the, in the end zone. Like, he's a guy that can put up a massive outing. I mean, Terrence Marshall seems like he's just irrelevant now. Like, Robbie Anderson had 11 targets in the last game. I don't mind targeting him uh, just because – like he all takes is one big play with him and he really hasn't done too much. It's a good buy low spot. Like if McCaffrey comes back, I'm probably staying away. If McCaffrey's out, 
I think Hubbard is definitely an interesting guy. I mean, it's not like he didn't get a decent amount of work last week. It's just game script was not in his favor at all. They were down for pretty much the entire game, if I remember correctly. And he's not going to be owned now because guess what? He did bad last week and people have very, very small memories. Um, So I think if McCaffrey's in there, it's definitely a downtick to all of them. Uh, If McCaffrey's out, then Hubbard, Moore, Robbie Anderson, Darnold are all like very good plays here. I mean, when you look at the Eagles in general, um, they allow big plays. So I love Robbie Anderson this week for tournaments. With or without Christian McCaffrey, I like Robbie Anderson for tournaments. I think we see the potential. I think they're going to get – like I think he's going to get like two really good opportunities for a long touchdown in this game. So, I mean, obviously I like DJ Moore a lot. If McCaffrey doesn't play, I like Hubbard. But, I mean – this offense is very condensed. Sam Darnold is getting the ball to like a few different people. So, I mean, just in general, it's, it's usually a really good offense to kind of look at. So wait and see the Christian McCaffrey news. Obviously the matchup changes. If McCaffrey plays, um, I'll have less interest in DJ Moore and Anderson won't change for me. Um, I like Robbie Anderson regardless this week. Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars, 48 and a half total. Uh, Tennessee is a minus four and a half favorite in this one. Grant, I think this is going to be an ugly football game that produces really well for fantasy. And, I mean, we expect right now it looks like A.J. Brown and Julio Jones will be both back for this game is what it's what the last report that I kind of read. Um, A.J. Brown was, like, limited but returned to practice. Um, and then they said that Jones didn't practice but they were still like very optimistic about him playing this week. So, I mean, we'll wait and see, but I mean, all, all, everything aside, Derrick Henry faces one of the worst run defenses in the league. Um, Brian Tannehill faces one of the worst pass offenses in the league. What are your thoughts when it comes to Tennessee here? Play them all. Play, play all and play whoever plays. Like Tannehill hasn't had a big game so far this season, which he's absolutely capable of doing at any time. Henry's probably going to be chalky. I'll eat the chalk, but I'll also stack up the passing game. I mean, Julio, if he plays, Brown, Brown, if he plays, like, this is just a spot where Jacksonville is one of the worst defenses in the entire league. This is going to be a big scoring game. It's either going to be done with Henry or in the passing game. Don't care. I'll play all sides of this because I see very few instances where Tennessee doesn't put up a massive outing. Yeah, I mean – when you're facing these weak defenses like Jacksonville, you got to target this offense. I mean, Derrick Henry sets up as one of the best, if not the best running back raw points play on the slate. If AJ Brown is back, he's 6.5 K. If Julio Jones and AJ Brown both sit again, I'll go back to the well on Josh Reynolds and Westbrook. Um, I mean, it's Jacksonville. So definitely don't mind that. And then on the Jacksonville side of things, I mean, Tennessee has really struggled against the past this season. And, they opened up the playbook more for Trevor Lawrence last week. I mean, we saw him run the ball a little bit. And, I mean, that's two weeks in a row that he's had at least six rushes. He had a rushing touchdown last week. This might be the matchup that I play some Trevor Lawrence um, with some Marvin Jones and Chenault. I mean, no DJ Chark. I mean, this sets up really well for these, you know, cheaper price wide receivers. 
Yeah, I think they will draw some ownership, but Chanel got seven targets last week. He seemed to be pretty good. He's a little bit involved in the running game. Lawrence is cheap, like going up against a Titans defense that's really not great. I don't mind this spot. I think it's more for bringbacks. I don't really have a ton of interest in Lawrence. I'd rather play someone on the Tennessee side. I mean, obviously, if I'm playing Derrick Henry on the Tennessee side, you can bring it back with Lawrence and Chenault and Marvin Jones. I mean, honestly, James Robinson, not the worst play in the world at 6K. The problem is he's probably going to draw some ownership, so I think the better thing is to target the receiving game. I mean, I've already hit some of the over props on James Robinson's Rushing yards, rushing and receiving yards combined. I think that those are still pretty good bets here. I mean, the guy has been good over the last few weeks. Hyde coming back is not great for him, but I expect him to be the guy. This Jacksonville team is one that you can definitely target here. Yeah, I mean, the Jacksonville team, it's not like the Tennessee defense is great. They're they're terrible. Um, Yeah, they're not good. They just gave up 27 points to the Jets. Yeah, I mean, so it's hard not to like. Um, so the props have moved for Chanel a little bit. Um, earlier this week, you were able to get it a little bit better, but like his over under receiving um, receptions was like, I think four and a half or something. But his over under uh, receiving yards, uh, Grant, you'll have to confirm, but um, BetMGM has it at like 31 and a half. There's no way check here real quick got my handy dandy internet browser that will open up the site slowly yeah. so i mean DraftKings and points bets has it at 56 and a half that seems way more realistic um if bet mgm is that low we're gonna lose grant for a couple minutes um but yeah i mean i think i think chanel is in a great spot to have a good game um marvin jones still seems like the safety blanket Chanel's at 56.5 Okay, so it is. It's just an error. Um, I mean, this is a spot that I mean, I really like Chanel um, on both FanDuel and DraftKings. More on DraftKings, but I think his touch, touchdown equity is up. Um, and I mean, punt tight ends. Dan Arnold um, is not the worst option. So, all right, Denver at Pittsburgh, thirty-nine and a half total here. Pittsburgh is a one-point favorites. Um, Drew Locke starting at quarterback is what it sounds like for Denver at this point. Um, I mean, if Bridgewater cannot clear concussion protocol, and I know they're saying it's looking like it's okay, but I mean, he still hasn't practiced this week. If Drew Locke is the starting quarterback for this game, I have zero interest in the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. Just full on fade. I mean, maybe Sutton. He's so he's priced up though. He's 6,100. Over there on FanDuel, he's, I mean, 55 is not priced up, but it's not like it's super cheap. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. Like, Sutton in tournaments, that's it. Just let's move on to Pittsburgh and then move on to another game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh's defense is great. I mean, that's yeah. that's where I have interest. Um, Denver's defense is great, too. I mean, this is a game that I'm probably looking at defenses more than anything. I don't hate the idea of maybe taking the shot on one of these wide receivers or Harris, but overall, I mean, this is a this is a tough defensive matchup for the Steelers. Yeah, I think that Johnson or Najee are both in play over on DraftKings with full point PPR at low ownership just because they can get there based on sure volume and short pass routes. 
but this is not something I'm, this is not a game I'm excited about. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, 49 total in this one. Minnesota is a nine point favorite. Um, anything standing out to you here for Detroit? Swift. Minnesota is really not great versus the run. Swift's heavily involved with the passing game. That's it. Like, I'm not real excited about it, but he's in playing tournaments. Yeah, I think Hawkinson's another guy that you can look at. He has a – I mean, if you take week three away where he only had two targets, his his target share is around 22%. Um, so, I mean, take that 6.9%, 6 9 out week three. Um, I mean, TJ Hawkinson definitely looks like the guy here in the passing game. Jared Goff, we saw him use Everett a lot um, when he was with the Rams. So, I mean, for me, I don't mind Swift. I don't mind Hawkinson. The wide receiver core, I mean, they're all playing and they're all getting routes, but I still, if I was going to take any of them, it'd be Cephas. He's 4.3K, probably more of a Fanduel play. He's a tall, like, type of receiver that can go out and get a touchdown on a one-on-one like fade situation. So um, Cephas would be the guy if I was going to target a wide receiver on the Minnesota side of things. um, I mean, we were optimistic when we did the podcast last week that like cook would play. He only played 51% of the snaps. Um, I expect a much healthier Dalvin cook this week. He has a fantastic matchup going up against Detroit. What are your thoughts here on Minnesota? Yeah, with everyone going with Henry, I think Dalvin Cook is a perfect pivot off. Of I mean, this guy is good. He's going to get a massive workload. He's clearly going to be more healthy this week than he was last week. He's going up against the 30th-ranked rush defense. They're giving up a ton of points to opposing running backs. I think they're fourth in the league. Um, Minnesota likes to run the ball. Dalvin Cook at low ownership is an absolutely fantastic play. But same thing I say every single week, going with one of Jefferson or Thielen is not a bad idea. Jefferson's averaging close to 20 points per game this season. Still hasn't had a huge upside game. Could end up happening at any given time. And Thielen, like, he's still playing pretty darn well. Had 30 points in week one. Going up against a terrible defense, we could see him put up big numbers in the first quarter here. So, Cook's my favorite. But any of these guys are very much in play in tournaments. Don't know if i go with Cousins too much. Probably not going with Conklin. C.J. Osborne is cheap, but I'd rather go elsewhere. Um, but yeah, it's one of the big three here. Pretty much every single week, they're all in play, but I probably only take one out of the three. Yeah, I mean, I limit in line of HQ and I'm running like my scripts to max one receiver from Minnesota. There's just, I mean, there's going to be times that like two or two of these guys go off in a game, but I mean, for me, ceiling wise, I'm looking for one. Um, so I mean, I think they're all in play. If I had to pick, Jefferson's usually my favorite, but I like Thielen's price. It's $1,100 cheaper than Jefferson this week, and Osborne's 3800 And, again, week two or week three just wasn't great for a couple of these guys. But, I mean, when we're looking, this guy's running routes. Um, he's getting snaps. So, I mean, I definitely don't mind taking shots on K.J. Osborne. Green Bay Packers, Cincinnati Bengals, 51.5 total here. Green Bay is a three-point favorite. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Packers? Adams, Jones, play him. Like, I know that Cincinnati has been in pretty good defense so far, both versus the run in the past, but it's Devontae Adams. Like, he's 
going to end up with 10 plus targets. He good shot at a touchdown, good shot at over a hundred points. Just play those two guys. If you want to throw Rogers in, that's fine. Like they have a 27.25 implied team total. I'm not chasing the Randall Cobb big two touchdown game from last week. In fact, I bet the under on his total receptions already this week. Like, yeah, it's, it's just a spot where Adams is Adams every single week and you can do what you want with them, but I suggest playing him. Yeah. I mean, um, Cobb, obviously he's going to be out there, but Lazard still played like way more snaps than Cobb, way, way more routes run. Um, so, I mean, I still think that he's interesting, but it seemed like Tonyan got a really nice bump with um, Scantling out. So, I mean, if you're looking for a tight end play, I don't hate maybe taking shots on Robert Tonyan. Um, I mean, both Dylan and Jones ran the ball a lot last week, but it was a tough matchup just in general. And um, I still think Aaron Jones is the guy if you're going to play one of the running backs. I don't think we have to worry about A.J. Dillon yet. Um, and then on the other side of this game, Cincinnati side, I mean, we're waiting on news for T Higgins, if he's going to be back or not. Um, he did practice Wednesday, so I would kind of assume that he's going to play. So I definitely don't want to go, um, CJ Uzma in this one. I like chase. Um, I mean, I'm just going to keep playing him at this point. He is, he is uber talented. Yeah, no, Chase definitely in play. I mean, the interesting part is going to be the running game. I mean, are we playing a 4K probably chalky P. Ryan? Is Mixon not going to play? I think it's trending towards not playing. Am I mistaken in that? I know he didn't didn't practice Wednesday. Um, It's an ankle injury and it's a running back. So there was an initial report that it was going to be week to week for him. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's going to – I'm trying to look it up right now. I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess kind of hinges on that. If Mixon plays, I don't want to play him. Mixon doesn't play. P. Ryan becomes an interesting salary saver, likely to be chalky, but he can make some things work and should be in line for a decent workload. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, it's Jamar Chase. Like, dude's good, has a clear connection with Burrow. And yeah, he's just been very solid week after week. I mean, he's gotten a touchdown three out of four weeks, four touchdowns through four weeks. Like, he's good. And what I care a lot about is connection with a quarterback. If Mixon's out, I think that you can play Joe Burrow. Um, probably going to be passing a little bit more. They were very run-heavy for the first th- few weeks. This week, I think it's going to be more tending towards the pass, especially if Mixon's out, just because game script kind of lends it that way. So Burrow's a potential low-owned option if Mixon's out. Um, but, yeah, like Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. Stack him up if Mixon's out, then play P. Ryan also. Um, yeah, I mean, Chase, I think Higgins and Boyd are both interesting too, as like secondary, like pivots off of Chase. Um, but yeah, P. Ryan, he, he definitely becomes at 4K someone that I'd be, I'd be looking at him on DraftKings. I don't know how much I'd really want to play him at 5.6K on FanDuel. Because uh, I don't think he honestly has a ton of touch touchdown equity, but I do think he's someone that could be involved in the passing game. I think they will throw the ball more in this game if Mixon ends up sitting. So, uh, Saints and the football team, 44 and a half total here in New Orleans is a two point favorite going up against Washington. Um, any interest here in the Saints? 
not really. Like they've shown time and time again that Winston is not going to pass the ball a lot. Doesn't have a huge amount of upside anyways, because guess what? Taysom Hill might come in there for a few plays and run the ball. Kamara isn't getting a ton of dump offs. He's not getting a ton of receptions. Yes. He's getting a pretty massive workload on the ground. He's in play. I'm fine with it. Not in love with it, but when you're not getting that receiving upside and like you're essentially getting Derrick Henry light and I'd rather go with Derrick Henry. Um, so I'm, I think I'm just full on out on New Orleans, even though the Washington defense has been bad this year, just don't really see a ton of upside with anyone. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think Kamara is in play. My biggest concern is Taysom Hill has five rushing attempts inside the 10 yard line this season. Yep. Like you're getting sniped by a quarterback if you're playing Alvin Kamara. Um this he's on the field too much not to have interest. The matchup's too good not to have interest. Um the passing game stinks. I mean, like you just can't trust any of these wide receivers. Like Harris had eight targets last week, Callaway had two. Um the target shares are all right around like 14, 5 or 14, 15, 10-ish range. The the wide the tight ends, like I mean, if you're playing anybody from the Saints, it's Alvin Kamara and the defense. I think the defense is always interesting for New Orleans. Um, on the Washington football team, I mean, I feel like this is one of the, the easier spots to, you know, just say keep playing Terry McLaurin. Uh, we talked about him last week. He's going to be low-owned again this week. The dude's coming off of a 39% target share game, and Logan Thomas is not going to be playing in this game from what it sounds like. Um like he was put on the IR, right? Like he really hurt his hamstring. Yeah. So, um, I mean, McLaurin, I really, that's, I don't think I'll play Ricky Seals Jones, but if, you know, if you want a cheap tight end, maybe. But I mean, McLaurin's the guy for me. Yeah. I mean, McLaurin is absolutely fantastic play. He's a fantastic play every week. He's pretty much matchup proof. He's going to get a pretty big target share. Interesting thing is Curtis Samuel. I mean, obviously he came in first week yeah. back from injury, only played 39% of snaps. I think that's going to go up and he was still targeted four times during those 33 or 39% of snaps. Like he's three K I think Samuel, like if he's not going to be terribly high owned, which at this point it kind of looking like he is going to be fairly high owned. Samuel could put up a pretty big out. I mean, this guy's good. He's talented. He can get there with volume. They're going to be passing the ball. They're likely going to be trailing. Like Samuel is definitely an interesting, cheap salary saver on the slate. I think that, like I said, he'll be more involved in the offense. He'll get a lot more snap shares because guess what? They don't really need to give Humphrey 70% of snaps. They don't really need to give Brown a ton of snaps. Without Thomas in there, probably going to run more three wide receiver sets because that's just what they'll probably have to do when they're trailing. So I think Samuel is a very interesting salary saver, but McLaurin every single week just playing. The guy is absolutely amazing. He's so good, and Heineke clearly wants to throw the ball to him. Probably staying away from the quarterback situation. Like, I don't see Heineke putting up a huge amount of points. McKissick's eating into Gibson way too much, plus it's a tough match of going up against New Orleans. So it's it's really Samuel and McLaurin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Saints play at the lowest, the slowest pace in the NFL. Washington, I think, is like sixth or seventh, if I remember correctly. Um, so, I mean, this game, just in general, isn't like the juiciest game on the slate. 
Um, but I mean, McLaurin and like Samuel didn't practice again with that groin and it might just be rest purposes, but I mean, McLaurin is the guy that I like Gibson and McKisnick are like, I mean, this is what we were worried about going into the season with Mc, with Gibson and McKisnick. Like Gibson's going to have to score a touchdown to get there every week. It seems like he, he's not going to get there on like 25 carries. I mean, he's going to have to get there by doing catching a 70 yard wheel route. <laughs> Something, yeah. I mean, and McKissick's the same way. So the running game, I have no interest in. Chicago Bears, Las Vegas Raiders, 44 and a half total in this game. Las Vegas is a five and a half point favorite. Um, Chicago, they've announced it. Justin Fields is their guy moving forward. Not a shock to anybody um, whatsoever. What are your thoughts here on the Bears um, minus, Dave, minus um, David Montgomery? I mean, honestly, I don't hate anyone in this offense. I mean, they don't have a high implied team total, so I don't expect there to be a ton of ownership, but looks like Williams is probably going to get the majority of the share. It's going to be heavily involved in the rushing game. I don't think they want to throw the ball a ton with Fields, but he will be rushing, so Fields has some upside. He clearly seems locked in on Mooney, who's under 5K. He had seven targets last week, was doing really well with those. Allen Robinson, if you want to pivot away from Mooney, hasn't gotten a ton of targets so far, but is a different matchup going up against the Raiders. The Raiders are probably a below average defense realistically. So I could, it's being played in a dome. I could see them actually getting some work done here. Um, so I'll target any of those guys. And I'm going to target, I'm going to play this a few different ways, especially with the game script kind of favoring them throwing with fields it is interesting. Fields has thrown over 20 passes in any Match of the season, obviously. First two, he didn't play a full game, but the last two, 17 and 20 attempts. Interesting little bet is Fields under 31.5 passing attempts. Just seems too high. I think you can get over at BetMGM at that and not a ton of juice on the under. That's what I bet a decent amount already. Yeah, but correct me if I'm wrong. Chicago kind of controlled the game last week. They did. They did, but I still don't think that they want to give that many passes. To, like 31.5 is still a decent amount. Even no, no, I, I don't yeah. – I'm not saying that as far as, like, your odds are concerned. I'm just saying, like, Montgomery, I think he had, like, 23 carries or something last week. And um, I think, like, Williams had eight carries or something. So, like, they had over – they had, like, 35 rushing attempts um, between Fields and the guys. I – I mean, the Raiders are going to put up points. They they've pro- they've proven that they're going to put up points on anybody this season, except for the first half versus the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers defense is a, a very underrated defense. Um, but I mean, I have interest in Mooney for sure. Um, I have obviously I have interest in Damian Williams because of his price. Um, you know, getting getting what seems to be like three down like back type of work um but i mean i don't want to sleep on alan robinson yet uh, and so i mean i definitely will have some exposure to robinson mooney and williams i may even have exposure to fields 5.2k um a couple rushing touchdowns last week for montgomery he's not here this week they're going to be trailing the raiders so i mean i don't i think justin fields is good and i'll, I'll have to be proven wrong um but i'm not going to judge it off of his first couple starts either the Raiders side of things, I mean, I just kind of said it. The Raiders are going to put up points. Um, I mean, 
Waller was someone that I love last year. I have a question for you. Is Carr a top 11 quarterback in the league right now? I'd have to sit down and write down, like, my top 10 to know. Um, But, I mean, he's got a coach that believes in him, and the offense is kind of built around him. So, I mean, that's a step in the right direction, right? Yeah, I had a big old argument with Dean on Monday night on our live betting Does Dean not think he is? Uh, Dean said he was a bottom six quarterback in the league. And that, that's not I even tore really into close. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, who would be your top 10? I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, like, no brainers. Stafford, um, Rogers, Brady. That's five. I mean, I, I went through Dak, Murray, um, Herbert. Okay. Like I, 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 yeah, I went through like the. I haven't disagreed with any of the eight that you've said yet. So yeah, Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, and that that's that's kind that's of nine. Where it stops. Yeah, I mean that's nine. So yeah, I think there was one other that I'm missing. Lamar Jackson, ten. Yeah. So, so. Car right there. Car in that like range see i wouldn't even put matt ryan up there anymore he looks terrible oh yeah and wouldn't put ryan don't know if i put cousins ahead of him don't so know like, if I put Tannehill ahead of him he's in that range of like hurts burrow type of range yeah i mean he's i would like, definitely put him top 15 for sure just kind of looking through yeah um, the 10 the 11 through like 18 are kind of Pretty close, similar the entire bottom six for Derek Carr. Like, yeah, no, I, I like. Has he not watched football this season? (laughs) I mean, I, yeah, I I laid into him. Oh man, like who? uh, Anyway, all right, sorry, we got sidetracked, but um, yeah, let's talk Las Vegas Raiders here. Um, Derek Carr averaging forty-two and a half passing attempts per game. I don't know if that's going to be the case this week. Um, That's my only concern when looking at this game, like as a whole, Chicago likes to play slow. Vegas is not a really fast paced team either. Um, So I'm definitely a little concerned about that. Um, Talk to me here about the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, you look at the pass attempts, you look at the pace, it doesn't really make sense, but then you consider that they've gotten into overtime, I think twice, which definitely is a uptick to, their total plays run. Um, realistically, I'm probably staying away from the running back game. I mean, Drake and Jacobs are both fine, but Jacobs, like, he's going to have a big game at some time. But Bears defense really isn't bad. Like, they're above average defense. Um, so I'm probably staying away from the running game. So the receiving game, like, if you want to play car, he can absolutely put up a big game at any given time. So Waller. Renfro, like if you want to take shots on Edwards at 3.8K, like he hasn't really gotten there yet, but he still hasn't scored a touchdown. He's a big play guy. They can end up with a big 60-yard pass at any given time. Just hasn't really paid off yet. But Waller and Renfro are the two guys that I really like. And, I mean, you can pair them with Carr, and it's not overly expensive. I mean, obviously you're paying a ton for a tight end, but Waller, week one is any indication, can absolutely get it done. The rest of the weeks, like he, against Miami, dropped a – 40-yard, 30-yard touchdown in the end zone or didn't even see it coming. I can't remember. Pittsburgh, obviously, a tough defense to play. Baltimore had 19 targets. Chargers, like you said, underrated defense, especially underrated pass defense. I think they're actually fourth in the league in DVOA. Um, So I'm mostly sticking with Waller, Renfro, 
car, like just because car can put up a pretty big outing at any given time. I mean, he's had 22 plus points in three of the four games. And the one time he didn't was against the Chargers. And he's actually faced some pretty decent defenses all season. So they'll sling the ball if they need to. And I don't mind just based on potential volume, even in a slower paced game. Yeah, I mean, my favorite is probably Waller. I don't mind Renfro. Um, probably not going to play Edwards. Um, I think Renfro is a better play than Edwards at this point. Ruggs is yeah. like your deep threat, big play guy. It seems like they're going to take two or three deep shots to him a game. Um, I mean, look at the dude's air yards. Week two, 34%. Week three, 34%. Week four, 30 or 50%. So, uh, if it wasn't for like week one and like Waller getting a gazillion targets, like this guy would have like a, a good majority of like um, all the air yards on this team. So Waller's still my favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a week where we don't have Travis Kelsey on the slate. You know, those slates, I mean, most of the time when Kelsey's not on the slate, Waller's probably going to be the top tight end raw points wise that we're looking at i mean anything can happen in the game i'm just saying like pre-lock so yeah all right browns chargers 47 total in this game chargers a two-point favorites um any interest here in cleveland uh no like chubb getting eaten into his workload pretty heavily by hunt it's a it's a split backfield like yeah this is pure split backfield yeah, um, Beckham, like, I guess is fine in tournaments, but realistically, as price tag, tough matchup versus the Chargers, not doing it. Like, I, I'd probably just kind of full on fade the Browns. Like, honestly, everything's too spread up. It's a tough matchup. Can't trust the running game, receiving game. I don't think it's going to get enough volume. I'm, I'm just, I'm not playing them. I'll limit my max to one running back, but I'll have a little exposure to Chubb and Hunt. Um, at this point, um, this this run defense looks very beatable. Um, so, I mean, the pass defense looks so good. The Chargers' pass defense looks fantastic. So, yeah, it's so good. Um, I mean, if I think if you're going to take shots on anybody, it's probably Beckham. But Higgins is four point three k, so I don't mind maybe taking a potential shot on him. Um, Charger side of things. Cleveland's defense is really good. Uh, very underrated. These are two really good defenses. Um, this might be a game that you take the under on. Um, it's currently at 47, and it kind of seems scary to take the under in this game. But, I mean, you know, Cleveland loves to play slow. They like to run the ball. They like to, you know, kind of control games. And both these defenses are good. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to the Chargers? Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams. I know that the Cleveland Browns have – a pretty decent run defense, if I remember correctly. They're they're projected to be a top five. They're allowing the second yeah. fewest fantasy points to running backs. Yeah, their pass defense is beatable. So, like, Eckler, I still don't mind just because he can get involved in the receiving game. But it's Herbert, it's Allen, it's Mike Williams. After Mike Williams let down last week, I think he's going to come in at fairly low ownership. He only had, what, two, three targets? I don't think he had a target. I don't uh, – yeah, four, four targets. targets. Yeah. But I don't think he had a catch in the first half. He only had one catch overall. I mean, Allen, always going to get targeted heavily. You can beat Cleveland more in the passing game than the running game. So, it, it's – it's 
Like I'm still fine with all of them. I don't love any particular player, but they're all very much in play. And I mean, looking at current ownerships, I think Mike Williams is the play if this holds true at sub 5% ownership. Yeah. I mean, you think back to what was it week two against Dallas where Eckler had a ton of like targets and catches in the passing game. So like, even if he's not able to get the run game going, they're going to heavily involve him in the passing game if they're trailing or if it's a close game. So I like Eckler a lot. I think it's a great bounce back Mike Williams spot. And Keenan Allen is your PPR guy. Like, you know, you need him to get a touchdown to get that like ceiling game out of him. But you, you can almost project this guy for 10 targets every week. Um, and, and he's just going to be the guy that, you know, catches seven or eight balls and has good games every single week. And it's like the games that he scores touchdowns um, are the games that he's going to have those games where he pushes like 20 fantasy points. So that's that's Keenan Allen for the last three years. Yep. Uh, New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys, 52 total in this game. Uh, let's start here with the Giants. Um, Barkley looks good, man. You know, we we talked about him a bunch over the last couple of weeks, um, but, you know, we're, we're starting to finally get that snap share that we wanted. 88% for Saquon Barkley last week facing the Dallas Cowboys this week. What are your thoughts here on the Giants? I mean, it's against Dallas. Game script favors passing. Yep. Like, Barkley can be heavily involved in the passing game. We've seen it many times before. We've seen Barkley have over 10 receptions before. He got six targets last week, seven targets the week before. He's going to be heavily involved in both the rushing and receiving games, so I think he's entirely matchup proof. Daniel Jones probably going to be one of the higher-owned quarterbacks this week, and I think it's entirely worth it. Like, Dallas is – a fast-paced team where giving up a boatload of points to pretty much everyone. They do have a little bit tougher of a pass defense so far this year, but doesn't really matter. Jones could put big numbers versus anyone. He can also put up a giant goose egg. Galladay got seven targets last week. He seems like the alpha in there without Shepard and with likely without Slayton this week. Ingram, I hate it, but he's cheap. Some of my favorite tight end plays on the slate. I hate him. I hate him. So I, I, I hate it too. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't want to click his name, but I mean, I think he's especially like Sterling Shepard didn't practice again Wednesday. So, I mean, especially if Shepard sits again, I mean, I definitely have a ton of interest in Ingram if that happens. I think I'd rather go with Tony. I mean, Tony, man, he's a gator. You got to, you got to say his name right. Kadarius Tony. Dude is Sorry. quick, man. This guy has wheels. I thought I was allowed to mispronounce names since you do it all the time. Yes, you you are, but not <laughs> not Florida Gators. What about Tim Tebow? Did I get that right? You did. I do love that guy. Miss miss him in the NFL, even though we only had it for a glimpse for a preseason game. But they should yeah. have left him as the tight end of the Jags. They'd be four zero. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's one hundred percent true. He doesn't lose regardless of where he's playing on the field. Um, yeah, Kadarius, 4K, like, got a lot of targets last week. He's a very good salary saver option. Galladay, Barkley, I don't want to play Ingram, but he's cheap, and the target's going to be there. And he'll likely end up with, like, seven catches for 25 yards, and they'll still be enough uh, as price tag. But, yeah, like, this entire offense, like, this entire game, I love it. Yeah, if Slayton and Shepard don't play, I, I like the Giants a lot. I like Barkley. He's my favorite. Don't get me wrong. But Galladay, Tony, and Ingram all become interesting. I think Daniel Jones is a little interesting this week. Um, and I don't, I don't say that 
many times, but I mean, he's projected really well at 6K. So I have I have really good a lot of interest in Daniel Jones this week. I like the Giants. I like this game. I think this is yeah. a good game. I mean, we we've been talking about pace. The the Dolphins um Tampa game projects as the highest fastest paced game on the slate for what it's worth. Um going back to my waddle and running it back conversation that we were talking about. Um Dallas Cowboys side of things. I mean are we are we playing Dalton Schultz this week? They're they're make the some of the offensive plays are like designed Dalton Schultz plays. They're the they have the second most fantasy points for tight ends this season, and the Giants are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends this season. I know it's only four weeks, but we deal with small sample sizes in football because it's only seventeen weeks in the season. Yeah, I mean, seventeen yeah. games. Yeah, we're playing Schultz. Like, he's good. Like, the main thing is, I think that a lot of teams are just kind of like, all right, let's cover Cooper and Lamb. Let let Schultz beat us or let Zeke beat us. Like, you can't – there's so many offenses on, or weapons on this team. And Dak is good. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I'm not – like, The interesting thing is, so Dak's uh, attempts through four weeks, 58 week one. 27 26 22 like he's still been paying off but i don't know like i'll I'll target the running game here i'll target the passing game here i'm gonna have this every which way they have a 29.5 implied team total like they may end up passing it like we saw week one that he'll if he needs to go audible off the run to the pass but like zeke has just been crushing it even though pollard's getting is in there and he's getting a decent amount of rushing attempts like, there's no guarantee that there's going to be a huge rushing game. So, Cooper, Lamb, Schultz, all very much in play. Everyone is going to be look at their target numbers and see Cooper got three, four, and five over the last three weeks while he was injured for two of those. Probably more healthy now. He's playing in a dome. His numbers in a dome are pretty great, even though we haven't seen it for a little while in a dome. But like, I'll play any of these guys. Like, the prices on Cooper and Lamb are just too low. Schultz has just been too good. I, I just want this entire game. Like, I want everyone in this entire game. This is going to be a game that I'm stacking every which way. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's not a lot of games on the slate that I can say that for. I mean, there's spots on the slate that I really like. But, like, full-on game stacking, this is one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Probably my favorite. Yeah. All right, we finish it out with the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals 50 total. Arizona is a five-point favorite in this one. Um, 49ers, it sounds like Trey Lance going to start at quarterback. I mean, it, nothing – I don't think it's officially been announced yet, right? Yeah, I don't think so, but I, I kind of assume so. I mean, we're kind of assuming. Um, I know Jimmy Garoppolo is dealing with a calf injury. still didn't practice Wednesday. We're, we should see an announcement soon. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to the 49ers? Uh, I'll play them. Like, it's against Arizona. Arizona has been a pretty good uh, pass defense so far this season. Like, surprisingly, I did not see it coming. But Lance can get it done on the ground. Like, we've seen that he can run the ball a lot. This is the first outing here. is 5.7K, so he gives you a pretty decent floor. Then if you want to pair him, like, Debo Samuels just been getting – ridiculous amount of targets every single week 
And he had that big one, I think, from Trey Lance is one of his first completions of the game. Kittle is cheaper at 5.6K on a on a slate where we don't have uh, Kelsey. And he's gotten 11 and 9 targets the last two weeks. It just hasn't paid off fully. Like, the running game, like Arizona has below average run defense. If Eli Mitchell's in there, then I you can take a shot on him. I don't know. I might stay away. I know that San Francisco loves to run the ball, but with Mitchell coming back, Sermon looking decent last week, I don't know what they're going to end up doing. Like, who knows? It's Shanahan. Never know what he's going to do. But yeah, like the passing game and Trey Lance at his price tag, I, I really like here and potentially big scoring game. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I want to. There's so much news that we're going to be watching here. Who's starting at quarterback? This is a first look podcast for us. I need to go and look and see like where Trey Lance's 18 targets went. Like who he was kind of favoring. Was it Kittle? Was it Debo? Um, I mean, and then if Mitchell sits again, Trey Sermon got 19 rushing attempts last week. And I mean, I don't hate the idea of maybe getting some exposure to him um, in this spot. So, yeah, I mean, I like the Arizona side. Uh, like, I, I play Kyler Murray every week, and I know this is a tough defensive matchup, but I don't care. <laughs> like, Kyler Murray. I mean, they haven't been that great this season. Uh, I know. It's just like Kyler Murray is just good. Um, yeah. I just It stinks just trying to figure out who to pair him with every week. I mean, like, if you're playing Arizona, you got to build so many different types of builds because, I mean – it's just trying to find out like Christian Kirk went back to being Christian Kirk last week. He had one target for one catch. Um, I think it was for like five yards or something. AJ green is like, he really seems to be in that like Larry Fitzgerald role. He has six targets every game this season. He has double digit fantasy points and three of four. Um, what are we doing with this Arizona passing game? I mean, I love AJ green. Like I don't want to, but I do like Rondell Moore. It's great, but he's still getting sub 50%. Uh, snaps every single week. AJ Green's at almost 90. Like they're using him. He's in there for a touchdown. He's looking pretty decent. He's cheap enough at 5.1K. He's still probably not going to draw a ton of ownership. Like I, I, I want to target AJ Green, which is so weird to say, but like just with snap count has been consistent. His targets have been consistent. Like if Hopkins is in there, I, I he's just not getting enough targets any given week he's at some point going to have a big outing but like they've shown that they're going to spread the ball out and aj green like for his price tag i think obviously the most upside like you can single stack kyler murray and aj green and still be fine like there's three other guys that could end up hitting value but not hitting tournament value but like Kyler can also get it done with his legs. Like you don't really need to stack him with his highest price option. You can go with AJ Green, hope for 50 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. He can get two rushing touchdowns and end up easily making value. I mean, Kyler Murray's just good. So if you want, you can also throw Max Williams in there. Five targets, three targets, seven targets the last three games. He seems heavily involved and he's cheap and not going to be heavily owned. So like one of my favorite stacks is going to be like bring back Debo and then play Max William, AJ Green, and Kyler Murray. I mean, yeah, I definitely, 
I definitely want to get some exposure to Chase Edmonds. He has zero rushing touchdowns. He has zero touchdowns, I think, on the season, right? Um, I don't know if he has a receiving touchdown now that I think about it. So Chase Edmonds has zero touchdowns on the season. James Conner is getting a lot of the goal line work. But Chase Edmonds is too good not to get exposure to um, at 5.9K. And, and, like, obviously you're worried a little bit about James Conner. But, I mean, it's tournament upside. This guy hasn't scored a touchdown yet this season. And he's yet to be under 12 fantasy points um, at 5.9K. So you get that touchdown, 22-25 in that range. I mean, that's solid at 5.9K. We wouldn't yeah. complain about that at all. I also so, like the over on his receiving slash rushing yards, which I think is under 70 right now. Yeah, that's solid. Like, there's so many people you could pay, pair Murray with in this game. I don't mind. Very rare do I play a quarterback with a running back, but I think Chase Edmonds and Murray make sense. Um this dude ran 27 routes last week. Um, so that's that's like that's higher than some of the wide receivers we talked about on some of the other teams. So I like Murray a lot. I'll pair him with Edmonds, Hopkins, Green, and maybe even Max Williams because Williams price. So that's it, Grant. Let's play the morning grind game and then um we'll get out of here. I'm super excited about Sunday night football, by the way. Um Thursday we, night. No, Sunday. Sun, Sunday night. I'm excited for both. Bills, Chiefs. Oh, oh yeah. It's going to be a good one. Oh, yes. Um, Sunday night football is going to be great this week. So, um, all right, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Give me a quarterback that's going to score or throw for over 300 yards this week. That's not in like the top five. Uh, I'm going to go with Sam Darnold. Is he in the top five? No, he's like seven threes. All that's right. Good. Um, Daniel Jones. Give me a low, low owned running back for a touchdown. We say low owned. It's Thursday. Ownership is going to change, but give me a guy that you like that right now is projecting for less than 10% ownership. Uh, Zeke. I like that one. I like that one. Um, um, I hate saying it, but like Aaron Jones, I know he's kind of pricey, but we haven't projected for 6% right now against Cincinnati. I like that. Uh, give me a quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown. Heineke to McLovin. Yeah, I like it. Um, I like that one. Give me Joe Burrows to chase. I like that one. Uh, wide receiver for eight or more targets this week. Deontay Johnson. I like it. Um, I'm going to kind of go off the board here and just go Jalen Waddle. Um, again, I just – I like this spot more and more I think about it. And it's not because I'm a Dolphins fan. It's because this game projects as a really fast pace and the Bucks are going to score and the Dolphins are going to be playing behind. Jacoby Brissett is not great, but he's not terrible either. So uh, give me a tight end that scores this week. Oops. <sighs> I took my guy. Um, I'll go TJ Hawkinson. And then a defense to score 10 or plus 10 or more points. You want, do you want Denver or Pittsburgh? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to go with the obvious. Like, I feel like the Steelers, the Broncos, and the Patriots are the top three defenses this week. 
Yeah. And I guess they're, I mean, the Steelers are still only 3.3K to the Steelers. Um, I mean, I always feel like Jared Goff is a guy that I like to target for a pick six. So I'll go Vikings. I like it. Also, interesting one is the Raiders against Fields. I mean, yep. you can't hold on to the ball too, too long. Yeah, I mean, like, there's not a ton of defenses that I love this week, especially on the cheap side. Like, Jacksonville, I don't like them. The Eagles, I think they're not the worst option. The Texans, I mean, they're not the worst option going up against a young quarterback. The Washington football team, the Saints don't throw the ball enough, I feel like, for them to be, like, a team that, like, gets 10-plus. I think they're kind of safe. But, I mean, yeah, I don't love any of the cheaper defenses this week, so... Uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. Just, gosh, I love football. Yeah. It's going to wrap it up. Week five. It's always fun. We'll be back Friday. We're going to talk baseball um, on Friday. We'll probably talk Sunday night football game on Friday as well, just because it's awesome and I want to talk about it. And uh, that's it for today. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you guys again week six next Thursday. Hey, kids.